Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. I'm Cena Gazzavi. That is Justin Williams in the virtual studio at Fraudsters LPN at Cena Now at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Check us out on Discord. It's our link in bio. Please join. Justin, let's just take a minute. We did the Ryman. Incredible. What an experience. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the wildest experience uh, I've had in live performance, I'll say. That was so much fun. I was like a, a stress ball until... Uh, we got off stage, and then I, I promptly drank as much as I possibly could, and I met a bunch of really cool people. I gave my phone number out. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, I really just thank you for everyone that came out for the show. Justin and I want to go. We want to perform in your home, so please send an email to Justin because we'll come to your house and do a set if you send him an email. Yeah. But yeah. I took some people to a Bulletproof uh, Waffle House at like uh, <laughs> 3 in the morning. Uh yeah we had we had a good time oh also big shout out to all the people that watched on the live stream yeah uh we, we saw we saw your comments they were they were they were very sweet too so thanks to, for the people that couldn't make it but still supported us we love you yeah we love you thank you so much for uh, we hope we got some more new fans and stuff so well let's get into it here I thought this was gonna be our last episode on Wayne Lapierre Justin but it is not we are gonna do two more episodes here this one and one more because there's just too much to cover. But let's get into it here. We've done a lot to get to this point, of course. We've told you that the Second Amendment, what was it intended to do, and the political drama around it, and that there was obviously fear was the great mover. And then we walked you through the absolute radicalization of the NRA and through Wayne LaPierre's leadership and millions of dollars in funding. He orchestrated politicians, lobbyists, and legal scholarship to influence the Supreme Court. With the help of Noniscalia and Justice Thomas, they changed what I believe was the original meaning of the Second Amendment. Now, I've been in debates online with people about this stuff. I'll say I believe, but listen, it, it just seems logically reasonable why this happened. Yeah, I mean, and it's also too, I mean, I think what people should think about is like if when you create a fear-based cult that allows the corruption that we're going to be exploring you know for the next you know couple of hours yeah that is the problem all of these things came from a sense of fear and now we get to see how that ended up so it's wayne it's all wayne today and next episode see wayne was able to influence everyone and assert his own reality on everyone around him in a way. But everyone was kind of in on the same kind of cult or same kind of distorted reality. And when you're helming an organization with hundreds of millions of dollars at your fingertips, with great power comes great fraudability. <laughs> <laughs> so we shouldn't be surprised that, you know, all that power, uh, you had a lot of corruption. And 
a sense of entitlement that you were allowed to do these things. You mean LaPierre wasn't an honest man that, you know, <laughs> he didn't take advantage of the absolute devotion of like one of the most hardcore fan bases in American life? To give him the benefit of the doubt, I think he was an honest fraudster. I think to put it that way. I was honestly as shocked as you were, though, Justin, when I saw that Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, wrote up a lawsuit against the NRA seeking, among other things, dissolution of the corporate charter in New York. (laughs) Now, that's a death penalty I can get behind. Right? Amen to that. But what did Wayne do? Well, let me just read straight from the New York AG's complaint here. And these are just some highlights, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit as well. LaPierre has undertaken a series of actions to consolidate his position, to exploit that position for his personal benefit and that of his family, to continue by use of a secret poison pill contract, his employment even after removal and ensuring NRA income for life, and to intimidate, punish, and expel anyone at a senior level who raised concerns about his conduct. The effect has been to divert millions of dollars from the charitable mission imposing substantial reductions in its expenditures for core program services, including gun safety, who needs it, right? Education, get out of here. Training, not for me. Member services and public affairs. He arranged with his treasurer, who I love, by the way, this guy's a real piece of work, to funnel millions of dollars in entertainment and travel expenses through the NRA's largest vendor. They tripled the salary of the chief of staff in three years, despite complaints of abusive behavior and evidence of illegal conduct. It's also what Vince McMahon did. He like tripled that secretary's salary. Oh, that's right. (laughs) But and she got there was some other weird shit there too, right? He gave her to someone. Yeah, and I didn't know whether was that sexual. That uh, anyway. God, I don't want to. Vince McMahon, season three. Everybody, (laughs) LaPierre has spent. Millions of dollars on the NRA's charitable assets for private plane trips for himself and his family, including trips for his family when he was not even present. We'll get to that in a minute. That's so, so fun. (laughs) He visited the Bahamas on at least eight occasions, flying private at a cost of more than $500,000. And on many of those occasions, they were gifted the use of a 107-foot yacht. More on that yacht later. He also received hundreds of thousands of dollars in gifts from another NRA vendor in the form of complimentary safaris in Africa and other worldwide locations for himself and his spouse. Whew. I mean, that's it? Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oddly, oddly enough, there's so much more, but like I just couldn't, I just, I'm not going to read the whole thing here. It's just, there's so much. But let's not forget about the victims here, Justin. We like to talk about the victims because that is something that we don't want to fetishize the fraudster, but we want to make sure that we know that the victims here of old winning Wayne shuttling his family all over the country with private planes and staying on the Bahamas are the good people of the NRA. The members of the NRA were shelling out cash so that Wayne LaPierre could be a little baller. Fiscal conservatism at its finest. Yeah. Hey, once you establish hatred of liberals as like a core part of your platform, you have a license to steal, baby. As long as you are falling in line and we have the same values, I mean, what matters, right? So let's get into it. First, a little background on how the NRA is run and why New York. Well, if you remember, the NRA was incorporated in 1871 in New York State. So when it was incorporated as a nonprofit, it had to follow the rules of New York State as well, as well as the you know IRS rules for federal shit. The cool note that I learned in the complaint is that the New York legislature actually gave the NRA a $25,000 grant of public funds to purchase in 1872 the Creed Farm in Queens County, New York, which would later be known as the Creedmoor, a rifle range for the NRA and the New York National Guard. By the way, $25,000 in 1872, I just looked this up right now, is $557,816 in today's dollars. Yes, and the Creedmoor Farm is actually seven high-rise apartment buildings now. (laughs) 
Now, their principal place of business is Virginia, near D.C., but they still have to follow the rules of New York, again, because that's where the corporate charter is. And that's what Letitia James is putting pressure on. She wants to dissolve the corporate charter, which would basically totally destroy the entire NRA's ability to operate. And she brought this case in 2020. Today, we send a strong and loud message that no one is above the law. Not even the NRA, one of the most powerful organizations in this country. These individuals in the NRA are charged with failing to manage the NRA's funds and failing to follow numerous state and federal laws, which contributed to the loss of more than $64 million in just three years. Actions violated multiple laws, including the laws governing the NRA's charitable status, false reporting on annual filings with my office and the IRS. Wayne LaPierre, Woody Phillips, Joshua Powell, and John Frazier instituted a culture of self-dealing, mismanagement, and negligent oversight at the NRA that was illegal, oppressive, and fraudulent. Sweltering levels of charisma there. The NRA is a 501c4 organization. You've heard us talk about 501c3s. Those are like religious, charitable, scientific, or educational nonprofits. 501c4s are for social welfare groups, but are not tax deductible. That's the difference here. But they do have four other tax-exempt organizations that are 501c3. Those are the NRA Foundation, the NRA Civil Rights Defense Fund, the Freedom Action Foundation, and the Special Contribution Fund. So there's so many nonprofits under the NRA. And these organizations all have to have separate books and engage in just their charitable activities. Surely, that can't be all. They do have a political action committee, a PAC, called the Political Victory Fund, which contributes to political candidates. I like how it's called Political Victory Fund because they do they do win all the time. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and what's also funny about this is that Sean King actually launched five of these <laughs> in, in, <laughs> during the time we were talking. <laughs> the Sean King, you got <laughs> we got your money fund. Now, there are two important distinctions structurally at the NRA that I want to talk about. That's the Operations Division and the Institute for Legislative Action. That's the lobbying arm. This is where LaPierre first started his career at the NRA. These two are also supposed to have books separated because they need to make sure the lobbying arm isn't making contributions to political campaigns, candidates, or political committees. It's like they vertically integrated political influence. They have to be very responsible in how they do things. Yes, and I'm sure that we'll see that Wayne LaPierre uh, will emerge as the source of responsibility. A bastion of <laughs> <Yeah>. responsibility. <laughs> they have they have a 76-person board, Justin, which is kind of insane. It's a big board. That is a big board. How do they get anything done? Oh, it, it's right. Everybody's politically in lockstep with each other, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is fun when they're like no one disagrees with anything. But that's the funny part here is that the board at the NRA actually does have some sway. They do deliberate and talk about things. Major policies are supposed to be approved by them. But old winning Wayne would have his way. He was executive vice president and still is, which is basically the boss of the day-to-day stuff. He could appoint, suspend, or remove executive directors at the operations or lobbying division or change any of the officers, like the secretary or the treasurer. So basically his organization is ran the same way Orin Ishii runs a board meeting in Kill Bill. Like, yeah, it's like technically the board members have a say, but she might chop your head off in front of everyone if you say the wrong thing. (laughs) If only they had swords, though, Justin. I I could get behind it. I could get behind it. In 2016, the bylaws were amended to provide the executive vice president with the authority to set the compensation of the directors of operations and lobbying division, and that matters 
right? Because before 2016, there was no language that said so. So he gave himself this power so he could set the compensation of the two biggest parts of his company. Again, no board approval. So how much power was he in charge of? Well, in 2018, when the NRA had an audit for that year, and who knows how accurate this ended up being, Wayne LaPierre was responsible for $197 million. And all of that was supposed to be in advancing their charitable mission. Remember, $63 million less than what they were making for the previous three years. Also, I like... uh you know, uh, the use of the word charitable. It's like it's like the NRA. It's like we have all this money to finally get guns into the hands of children, <laughs> Ch- disadvantaged children that can't afford guns. But it's for the children. <laughs> we will help you. Let's just think of uh, like what he could do with all of that money. Yeah. <laughs> so now we see Wayne has a lot of power, a lot of money carte blanche to hire and fire and make any deals that he wants. But let's talk about who is helping him. Oh, shit. Here we go again. (laughs) Here we go. And now. (laughs) Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, your starting lineup for the National Rifle Association. Coming in at Treasurer. You may not find his image on Google, but you will find his imprint all over the NRA financial documents. He is the Chief Financial Officer, the million dollar MVP of pass through expenses, Wilson Woody Phillips. <laughs> at Chief of Staff and Executive President of Operations is the three-time salary champion of the NRA. While a sexual harassment suit didn't get him fired, his improper spending on travel expenses did. He is the regretful, the forgetful, Joshua Powell. And at general counsel, the rookie who's only been practicing the law for 18 months, he's the chief lawyer, the corporate secretary, the man who knew too little about paperwork, Four Eyes, John Frazier. And now the man with the plan. Wayne. Dead shot. Love. So now, <laughs> now we're going to talk a little bit about Woody, Woody Phillips. But the rest of these guys could be their own bonus episode sometime because they, they just have so much shit. I can't, I literally, we cannot talk about all of these guys. But Woody is in a lot of these deals, so you'll hear us talk about him. So let's explore how Winning Wayne and his A-team got in trouble. The A-team. So let's start with my favorite part of this whole thing, and that's his travel expenses. First, anything over $2,000, they have to report to the board. That's a big one. The 76 people that I mentioned before. Let me tell you something. You can really ball out on $2,000 at a Chili's. I've done it. Well, you just came in at nine, like $1,998 at Chili's, and like you're a ball. You don't have to report it to the board. Yeah. That's a nice thing. Yeah, free margarita night. Buy buy one, get one free Long Island iced tea and appetizer night. Do they have the tall? I think Chili does those like 24-ounce things too, don't they? Or is that Applebee's? Mm -hmm. Why? By the way, that's the same place, right? Applebee's and Chili. No, Chili's has more soulful. Applebee's is for the neighborhood. Chili's, baby back ribs. Baby back ribs, (laughs) barbecue sauce. So it's more soul food at Chili's? Is that what you're saying? No. No, it's sizzling fajita. (laughs) But so what's the difference? Just is like fajita meat? None. It's all it's all the worst stuff in the world. <laughs> I'm gonna revert back to my original statement. I'm pretty sure they're the same place. You can at me. I would like to know the difference. The branding is the same at both those places. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> now 
on the expenses thing. The NRA's travel and business expense reimbursement policy, it's like in their employee handbook and stuff. And all the directors and everyone has to follow it. And in it, it says, quote, people should incur the lowest practical and reasonable expense while completing the travel process. In an efficient and timely manner, persons traveling on business have the duty to exercise care and avoid impropriety or even the appearance of impropriety in any travel expense. It also says you should only buy coach class tickets, and those are the ones that are going to be generally reimbursable <laughs> for domestic travel. Yeah, like in order to do this much traveling, you know, maybe did he take like an NRA tour bus or like, you know, probably like a decommissioned like Chinatown bus from a shady like LLC or something? Is that what he's traveling on? Oh, yeah. Chinatown Express? Is that what? (laughs) (laughs) That shit is crazy. Yeah, no, I wish. You would think that he would probably get a tour bus. I think it would be very popular if he got a tour bus, but he did not. I would uh, direct you to the private planes and yachts that he took instead. But don't worry, someone else paid for the yacht. He had the class to do that and just pass through the expense. LaPierre got millions of his expenses paid for by the NRA to go to the Bahamas, travel all around the country with his family. And the kicker is on a lot of that travel, though, it was just for his family. He wasn't even on the planes. LaPierre's wife is the founder and permanent co-chair of the Women's Leadership Forum at the NRA. She's been in this position for 15 years, and apparently in December 2015, according to the complaint, it says, quote, at his wife's behest, LaPierre hired his niece to work on the Women's Leadership Forum, end quote, for events and projects. See, you know, we all know women's leadership begins in the home with family. That's Ah. just having values. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Put it on a card. So he would... He would fly his niece to places where his wife was, and sometimes they would just take a trip to the Bahamas together so that they could co-work. Yeah. That's how they got in the zone, right? We should do that. Yeah. We need to write season three all from the Bahamas. Please send in, listeners, send in money, and we will make reasonable <laughs> accommodations with our travel to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. We will only take one private plane. We will not take individual private planes for both of us. <laughs> yeah. And fly them next to each other and just look at each other. (laughs) Do champagne toast at 35,000 feet from different planes. Here's what LaPierre had to say around all of these flights. And there was one in particular in August 2016. LaPierre authorized a private flight for his niece and her husband to fly from Dallas, Texas to North Platte, Nebraska. Here's what he had to say. Quote, I think it's hard. There are not many flights to Carney. She had a child, and I think the travel agent had probably, you know, the NRA probably, me, I don't know, said that, okay, in this instance, it's okay to get her back that way. Our annual meeting was coming up down there. She was working on the Women's Leadership Forum with people in Dallas, and it's to the advantage of the NRA to have her do that work. Justin, how much do you think that private flight was from Dallas, Texas to North Platte? Well, I imagine North Platte Airport, uh, the international airport, uh, <laughs> probably uh, doesn't have a ton of flights uh, that drive down prices for consumers. That's right, and especially the private ones. So the cost of that flight, $11,435. <laughs> and it keeps going. July 2017, a private flight for his niece and her daughter to fly from Dallas, Texas to Orlando, Florida, He said he needed to get his niece and his wife together so that they could work on the Women's Leadership Forum events. That flight, $26,995 to go to Orlando. (laughs) It's like one of the biggest airports in the country. (laughs) It's like you could fly to Orlando on JetBlue for $75. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite one. Here's my favorite one. LaPierre, in January 2017, had a private jet go pick up his niece's husband in North Platte, Nebraska, to bring him to the Safari Club International Convention in Vegas. Here's a clip from the convention from last year that was in Nashville. Keith Warren here in Las Vegas at the 50th annual SCI celebration. This is a convention like none other in the whole wide world. You know the thing that blows my mind? is there were people 
that said, oh, nobody's gonna show up. Wrong, let me tell you something. There are people from all over the world showed up. It's the biggest crowd ever here at a SCI convention. You know, when you come to one of these conventions, you're gonna be surrounded by what I call heroes. Heroes oh as far God. as conservation heroes. They're out here, they are the ones that are taking the fight to the enemy every single day, and SCI is the reason why. They're leading everybody, all these hunters, all these outfitters from all over the world, all are united because of their love of conservation, conservation. Love of and their love of SCI. For example, at this convention, Tucker Carlson came. Oh. It was great to be able to have a chance not just to see him, but to also listen to him and listen to his passion as far as why he's here. I grew up hunting and I believe in not just hunting, but the culture that surrounds it, that respects and understands nature and believes there are limits to human behavior as prescribed by nature, which is one thing that you learn when you hunt. You're not fully in charge, you're not God actually, you're enjoying his creation. So I, I like the people who do it, I like their attitudes, and I think it should be preserved. I really think it should be, I mean, I really mean that. And then there's Trump Jr. I mean, when you talk <laughs> to Trump Jr., you look at him and think, he's one heck of a guy to have on our team. So I'm just here to support conservation. I think given everything that's going on in the world right now, we all have to stand up and stand up for what we believe in, for our passions, for the outdoors, for hunting, for shooting, and for everything. And it's no better place than this. Oh, <laughs> It's so funny because, like, it's funny when language is being used that's not about what it is. It's like, theoretically, these people should actually be, like, pretty friendly with, like, like environmentalists. But that's yeah. not what we're like conservation is not really what we're talking about here we're talking about shooting an elephant in the head and posting it on instagram uh conservation i don't think that word means what you think it means <laughs> yeah, yeah i also i also just like these guys like tucker carlson and like trump jr these guys that are just like these northeastern like elite guys like trying to like pretend that they're like rugged outdoorsmen it is so like sickening and it just it's just the, the fact that these people can't see through these people you know what i mean it's it's like me going down and being like hello fellow salt of the earth i'm just yeah. here to support your righteous cause of conservation <laughs> Like the, Both these guys are talking to the host who's in total camouflage gear, by the way. And so this guy and I guess Tucker Carlson and Trump Jr. I guess have a lot in common about conservation. <laughs> they just have their finger on the trigger of like yeah. a weapon. It's like, come on, you if a liberal person was like had that like bad trigger discipline, like you would be like, you don't belong here. It's just funny, but it, this this like heavy it's the left and the right it's like once you have people man you could just be like a complete phony in front of people it's so funny people just yeah once you go we said this i think in episode one i think you said this once you get on the ride and you're on it you're just on the ride forever yeah remember in nashville oh. so in nashville in our hotel they had the family faith uh conference so the lindsey graham was there and somebody That's saw right. Herschel Walker in the lobby. And I, I did. I took a picture of Herschel Walker yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna yell daddy at him yeah how are your kids so LaPierre's reasoning on why he needed to fly the husband into the SCI convention in Vegas because his niece needed, quote, help to babysit a child while the mother was working because there was nobody else to do it. <laughs> Just classic mom childcare problems. <laughs> Dude, $15,000 for that. So you're telling me for $5,000 you couldn't fly a babysitter in and put her up in the hotel? as well have her travel with you maybe hire a local babysitter i'm sure there's some maniac gun fetishist there that would love to take care of your kid yeah they have they've all and it'd be secure too they have all the guns around your kids so just yeah leave them in a yeah, yeah leave them with the gun people so it goes on and 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 on again over the time of 2015 to April 2019, LaPierre was not on a passenger on over a million dollars in private flights. <laughs> this is so many flights. So who's organizing all this for him? This was also a fun thing to discover. LaPierre's travel consultant, of course. She's been with LaPierre for years. And since he's the EVP, he never needed a written contract with her or even to bid out her fees and or, or anything. I mean, the bylaws would probably differ with me, but he's the EVP. He made all the rules. He did whatever he wanted. He just had old Woody, the treasurer, pay her all the money she wanted. 
So Woody Phillips was the treasurer until about March of 2019 when the new treasurer came in. And when the new treasurer was asked about this and the travel consultant straight up was like, I have no idea about any of this stuff. <laughs> and the travel consultant, the way she was paid was incredible. From 2005 to 2019, the travel consultant got more than $100,000 a year annually without any written contract or without any approvals from the president of the NRA or the vice president. And when Woody stepped down in 2019, they increased her pay to $318,000. Honestly, I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, we got to start a political action committee or something. Yeah, this is absolutely. So that's like $26,500 a month. And again, they never triple bid this thing. If you've ever worked in any sort of organization of any kind, hell, even my production company, we got to triple bid everything for our clients and stuff. And when the new treasurer came in, they asked to do a competitive bidding process. <laughs> and somehow her rate went down from over $26,000 a month to, drumroll please, $7,000 a month. <laughs> <laughs> but all these expenses, right on the NRA members' dime. Guys, NRA members out there that are listening, I hope you are. We're doing this for you. Okay, now there were also flights that LaPierre took to the Bahamas that he used to talk business with a few companies. Now, all of these companies were actually like owned and operated by the same person. And the principal stakeholder was the same person of these places. They were called, and these are going to be important later, Associated Television International, ATI. Membership Marketing Partners, MMP, the Allegiant Creative Group, Allegiant, and Concord Social and Public Relation, Concord. These companies, again, had all the same CEO, and they all started doing business with Wayne on one of these trips in December of 2011. And you know where they closed the deal in the Bahamas? On this same CEO's yacht called illusions <laughs> illusions it sounds like a strip club yes four staterooms 16 foot jet boat and two jet skis so this is the guy that gifted the use of his yacht to lapierre and his family illusions just like seeing an individual right to an AR-15 in the Second Amendment. And so here's a quick question from the NRA financial disclosure form that Wayne LaPierre had filled out. The question is, have you or any relative received or do you or any relative expect to receive any gift, gratuity, personal favor, or entertainment with either a retail price or fair market value in excess of $250 from any person or entity that has or is seeking to have a business relationship with or receive funds from the NRA or an NRA entity. And guess what Winning Wayne's answer was every single time? No. <laughs> Who among us hasn't taken a private plane or yacht ride for $150? I won't pay a nickel over 200 that's for sure. <laughs> Again, this was his reasoning for going on the yacht, bringing his wife and the niece. Quote, anytime we can get the two of them together anywhere, there is a benefit for the NRA. It could be in Nebraska. It could be like a corporate retreat in Aspen. It could be a, you know, I mean, I consider it a good thing to get them together. Yeah, they got to go together to the Bahamas. They could have been in Washington. But keeping my wife's head in the game on this and getting her with my niece, there's a substantial benefit to the NRA. The proof is in the dollars that come into the NRA. I mean, did they enjoy being there? Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, did the NRA get a benefit from them being together? Yes, absolutely. I've actually been using this at work. You know, I run, I, you know, I take the work credit card and do all these flights. I go, it is inherently beneficial to the City College of New York that my son <laughs> gets to come to Aruba with me on Research Foundation dollars. So they started doing business in December of 2011. And what's really interesting is that these companies that have the same CEO are also located in the same building where the NRA is located. And since 2011, these companies have received over $100 million from the NRA. What's really funny is that last year, Wayne denies having anything to do with negotiating these contracts. Of course, 
he personally signed on behalf of the NRA for these contracts. So take that for what you want. This kind of makes sense, though, because instead of doing everything in-house, you do have to contract with companies. And that's a very common thing that happens out there. But what's not so common is when it's a nonprofit and you're not disclosing that these things on your financial documents and when you have an arm's length transaction and when things are happening with a CEO on a yacht and they're putting you up in the Bahamas at the Atlantis Resort on Paradise Island, those, not so normal. <laughs> it's the funniest expense list ever. I would love to run to the guy. And then you went to the Cristal Room at Illusions Nightclub <laughs> in Atlanta. Hey, it's just an expense. <laughs> We talked business the entire time between lap dances. We Even <laughs> during lap dances when we were doing them at the same time. His personal expenses, they also got reimbursed too. From 2013 to 2017, LaPierre was reimbursed for more than $1.2 million in expenses. These <laughs> included gifts to his staff, gifts to those CEOs at uh, MMP and other places, Events and, of course, airfare, lodging, and golf memberships, where he was, of course, talking business. When we come back, we're going to dive into some of the more media propaganda expenses that Wayne incurred. And he needed to get paid for. Getting the message out is not easy at the end. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aww. i mean just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not You know, it costs money to influence. The propaganda has production costs. But that's not the problem. A company called the Mercury Group, we'll talk about them later, had their own company underneath them called Underwild Skies, LLC. This company, we'll call them UWS, would do these hunting shows. And now since 2010, the NRA has paid UWS over $18 million for a variety of sponsorship and advertising deals. Underwild Skies also got to air their content for free on NRA TV, and of course, LaPierre and his wife would also appear in the episodes from time to time. Must-see gun TV. So while they were in production... UWS would fly our lovely royal couple for big game hunts in parts of the U.S., Botswana, Tanzania, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Argentina, and Uruguay. The expenses, which include... There's so many countries. The expenses, which 
included hunter costs, camps, incontinent travel, food, beverages, licensing, trophy fees, and taxidermy. All were incurred by UWS and then again billed back to the NRA. A single hunt would cost $100,000. And all this was gifted for LaPierre and his wife. So how exactly did this benefit the NRA membership, Justin? Um, They got to see Wayne LaPierre be happy. That's good. That matters. <laughs> if your fearless leader is happy, then you're okay with <laughs> schools of children getting murdered. Okay. He also paid the CEO of UWS $50,000 a month to help line up high-powered donors. So doesn't that look great? The NRA sponsors a TV show, helps get big donors who go on the hunts that then donate to the NRA, who then goes and gives more money to the show. What? That, what? That's amazing. Yeah, uh, this is actually a better fundraising tool than the NRA channel's uh, first venture, which was just uh, reruns of Will and Grace. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's look at a little clip from Under Wild Skies. Right now, on a special edition of the National Rifle Association's Under Wild Skies, Jim Corbett's famed Rigby rifle returns to the places that made it famous. Hunting man-eaters in the foothills of the Himalaya. History, hunting, and firearms are all straight ahead under wild skies. Here in the domain of the untamed (laughs) beats the unrelenting rhythm of the wild. Oh, my God. Beneath moonless dawn and sunlit dusk, through sudden cloudburst and fiery sky, beyond the path of the last hunter here. So far from comfort and so close to conquest, where mastery and instinct bind animal and man in the sweet sweat of pursuit, the passion of fair chase, invisible to all but hunter and game. And now you, under wild skies. Definitely Charlton Heston there, I just realized. Yeah. The voice. Terrifying, you know? <laughs> under wild sky. Okay, so that was that was the majesty of the hunt, right? Well, it's all about conservation. <laughs> but what about the fear? <laughs> the fear is important, right? Let's not forget the great mover. ATI was the production company for their other group of content. It was very pro-gun, obviously. And that is what was helping to instill some fear in Americans or embolden the NRA people to make them more passionate about the Second Amendment. Someone, at any moment, could come and try to kill you. So here's a television show that helps. From 1997 to 2019, they produced this series called Crime Strike. Since 2014, ATI was paid nearly $17 million for what you will hear is like a fucking low-budget documentary. I mean, I couldn't find it, but LaPierre apparently hosted the program in 2017 to 2018. Maybe I just... Need to subscribe to NRA TV to get the backlog, but here's a couple of clips from an episode called Gun Saved My Life. <laughs> a robbery suspect is dead after a late night. Stop. 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 Nine one one. What is your emergency? Uh, a citizen, just like the police, should have the right to defend themselves or defend others from death or serious bodily injury, and that right extends to using uh, deadly force. Good. Very intimidating intro. Is Steven Seagal in this? <laughs> You're not afraid until after it's over. <laughs> uh, no, sir. I all I know, my adrenaline went into overdrive, and and uh, uh, I didn't even think about it until it was all over. Well, it was about 5 o'clock, and I was getting ready to close. Just as I'm about to close the garage door, a man runs through my supply house, and he's got a gun in his hand. Didn't know who he was, didn't know where he was going, but I knew right then it wasn't going to be good. Well, it just so happens a couple of years ago, I made a decision to purchase a gun, and I've been carrying one ever since. At that point, I pulled my gun, yelled for him to freeze, I moved in closer. 
I grabbed him by the back and forced him against the wall, holding him there with the gun drawn. He fought a little bit, but I was able to hold him there until the police arrived. Carrying that weapon saved my life. Absolutely. Oh, what I don't get there, Justin, is that the other guy had a gun. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't kill the guy, so that's good. That's, like, actually nice. But uh, I think the thing that's interesting about this is, like, you're, I mean, like, it's reasonable for a security guard around expensive stuff to carry a gun. That has nothing to do with, like, none of this scenario is not going to happen to, like, you. Like, nobody wants your flat screen. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, they're not coming and armed? But I, I just, I'm still confused, though. This guy came running in with a gun. Yeah. You have a gun. Yet there was no gun off. Right, there was no shots fired. There was just he saw your gun, and then he was like, "Oh, oh." Well, his gun was made I'm of not... candy or something, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, Did he, it had it, like a little flag came out. It said "Bang!" Is that? And the guy was like, "Ha ha!" Well, he's like, gotcha. "Well, he's like, I never had any intention of actually shooting anyone. This was just it. Like, yeah. it's like now this is because I don't want to actually kill. Like, even the robber, did, like, obviously didn't have the intent to kill anyone, right? Yeah." Uh, exactly so uh, yeah it's kind of funny it's like and it's like most people that are robbing you at gunpoint like like don't want to kill you they just they want really to, don't they just want you to just give up their stuff you give up your stuff yeah the guy was black in the reenactment too by the way just i don't know whether he was black i don't know whether he was black in real life but the guy the actor in the thing was black in the reenactment yes, by the way the actor was was black he also was wearing a kevlar bulletproof vest which is also strange that he would stand down with a gun and a Kevlar vest. So I don't know. I think that's part of the fear tactics. Like they made a like a, a militantly armed black man run into this and there was like this dumpy white guy with a gun <laughs> that he has been dutifully carrying for the last couple years is what saved the day. He didn't kill he didn't kill the guy and then you know say so that's like, you know. But yeah, it's it's like this fan yeah, it's like yeah, oh like yeah the, the other guy's like in shape that doesn't use his gun, right? It's like it's this idea that the gun is this equalizer, right? Yes. Like, you don't have to have ever been to Planet Fitness, and you can be safe. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, someone bumped me when I was on the elliptical, and ever since then, I've been carrying a gun. <laughs> I mean, it's like stories like this are, like, interesting. Yes, okay, a security guard needs a gun. That's a great story. He, he didn't end up killing anybody. He stopped the robbery. That's great. But you know how many stories of I carrying a gun and it escalated the situation into an out of control thing, or yeah. I shot I shot everybody except for who I was aiming at, <laughs> or or like the the most likely one I was carrying a gun and it was actually used against me that my gun got yeah. taken from me. That happens all the time. Yeah, I was just thinking about the old Plexico Burris story, the former <laughs> uh, wide receiver for the Steelers. He was in the club with his sweatpants, had a gun on him. It went off and shot himself in the damn foot or leg or whatever <laughs> in the club. Yeah. It's so funny. But God damn. It's the funniest story ever. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Wayne LaPierre stayed safe. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast generating texts in seconds thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. 
Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back. So one of the reasons that Winning Wayne said he would use a private plane and a yacht for work was security. Honey, Wayne, Mr. LaPierre, why don't you just carry a gun? <laughs> yeah, and you know, the Supreme Court even makes arguments like this. They're like saying that, you know, the government who is guarded by guns and stuff like that, it's like, I don't know, I don't need that. I'm not in the government. Like no one wants to kill me. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. But Wayne, yeah, off all the time. yeah, the fact that Wayne doesn't carry himself as like a badass that makes him worse. Charlton Heston always carried a rifle around, didn't he? Towards the end, yeah, he was always in like a machete. I think he did carry that as well. <laughs> but yeah, through his relationship with the public relations and advertising firm Ackerman McQueen, and we'll again talk about them a little bit later some more, he really upped his security costs. Notably, LaPierre testified that after Parkland in February 2018. His director of security advised him to leave D.C. because of the number of threats that had been made against him. I wonder, Justin, if there's another person of status in D.C. that gets death threats all the time but doesn't leave. Yeah, uh, probably Joe Biden. Um, no. Yeah, a, a lot. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Nancy Barack Obama, Pelosi. I think it's... He's yeah. still in DC. Yeah, yeah, and he gets you, he gets hate mail on a daily basis. I bet you, the minute by minute basis. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult. But the founder at Ackerman told Lapierre, mind you, this is according to Lapierre, by the way, that this founder at Ackerman told him and his wife to quote use a safe house from time to time. So Lapierre was like, "Oh, that's a great fucking idea. I've seen the movie." So over the next few weeks, the LaPierres looked at several homes in the safe bosom of Dallas, Texas, with a realtor and an Ackerman executive. They picked a place in the suburbs of Westlake. And if there's any Dallas listeners, ping us what Westlake is like. I didn't do the due diligence on you know Zillowing Westlake. But the home that they picked was valued at $6.5 million dollars. Yeah, so I, I live in Dallas long enough to where when you're spending $6.5 million, it means they looked at Highland Park, where like George W. Bush uh, lives, and they went for Westlake because they could get more land. There we go. Yeah, they went more bigger. land, more safety, more safety. Yeah. <laughs> so in comes old treasurer Woody, our buddy Woody. <laughs> he forms an LLC to buy the home with Ackerman. They formed an LLC, a separate LLC, where the NRA would invest $6.5 million for a 99% interest in the company. Here's the kicker. This was supposed to be a safe house. So it's got to have Kevlar walls and gun turrets, right, Justin? (laughs) Well, the Ackerman executive sent an email to the Ackerman CFO copying LaPierre's wife saying, that she had home improvement notes. Again, I'm sure she's going to Rambo this thing out, fucking moat. In the email, she asked for a security gate. Okay, that makes sense. I get it. But then she said the master bathroom and closet needed more space. <laughs> oh. For what, guns? That's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping they had the same gun locker that Arnold Schwarzenegger had at the beginning of Commando. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Commando is case in point. You always want to have a commando level amount of guns on you at home. (laughs) She also said the cabinetry needed to be changed, probably with uh, reinforced steel, I'm sure, to keep them bulletproof. She also said she would bring in an interior designer to do the work. Don't worry. 
Oh, and, and by the way, she also needs to know how to acquire a social membership to the local club, the Fancy Rich Club, because that had to deal with security. Oh, I almost forgot. And two cars. They needed to purchase two cars. So if we could just make all that happen. Well, for security, you have to have a decoy. So I, I'm trying to get, uh, by the way, if you're listening, uh, Cadillac, I need two identical uh, all-electric Cadillac lyrics <laughs> for security because so you don't know which one I'm in. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. You gotta send the decoy out. Is yeah. your son gonna be the decoy? Who is who's gonna be the decoy? <laughs> no, Hannibal Burris will be my decoy. <laughs> <laughs> so this new Woody Ackerman LLC invoices the NRA for seventy thousand dollars. This is so this is exactly like Enron, by the way. Making one of those raptor things and then invoicing the very company whose officers made the external LLC. They sent it for $70,000, and it was for investment in security assets. Okay. Security, again, didn't see a gun turret there. (laughs) But when they submitted the invoice, they didn't submit a W-9. Now, if you're a freelancer, you know how annoying that can be. You got to get the fucking W-9 in, or else you won't get paid. But Woody was like, hey, 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 you got to pay this thing. (laughs) So he had the NRA actually cut a check for 70 grand to this LLC with no (laughs) W-9. It's like Barry Minkow stuff here now, just checks coming out of nowhere with no paperwork. What's super weird is that the deal was called off because LaPierre said he realized that Ackerman expected the NRA to actually pay for the house. (laughs) Wow, that's really strange. Well, this is honestly, though, it makes me think a little bit about who LaPierre is, really. And there's a couple of these things where he's kind of aloof, where it feels like deals kind of got rammed through. He did always play both sides, and he kind of stood in the middle. And I could see actually a world where he's at the top pushing things forward, but he's also kind of letting the inmates run the asylum to a certain extent. Like, the people around him were all suspect in their previous positions. The treasurer had previous embezzlement allegations against him, so... What do you know how to run a scam? I mean, what do you think about this, Justin? I think there is like a, a way of thinking of LaPierre as this like, you know, master manipulator orchestrator. But I think he's also kind of one person that kind of stands at the top and just keeps things moving forward and just does enough to let people do their own thing, but has enough corruption in him to keep everyone at bay. Thoughts? Yeah, that's how any effective mob boss manages things you let your you delegate authority you let other people get a taste you you keep your captains you, you know your captains are the people that you got to keep happy and it's their job to keep the money coming in you know off the street to and to keep the organization running right you don't want to be too overbearing uh and you want to keep a lot for yourself but you got to give you got to keep those captains happy and that's what uh wayne is doing you know I feel like you just gave me the best Harvard Business Review article on leadership that I could have ever asked for. <laughs> I've seen The Sopranos nine times, so. <laughs> and it's not just Woody the Treasurer that was scammy. LaPierre's own assistant had a strange past. She had a criminal record for embezzlement from a nonprofit that she worked on in the 80s. Which is great if your goal is also to embezzle from a nonprofit later in your career. <laughs> you gotta love that relevant experience. <laughs> she worried. The, the whole section has just got one thing has embezzled before. She worked closely with Wayne her entire career at the NRA. She was the liaison between Wayne and the NRA board and would even act as a representative for the NRA at events around the country. Her current salary is $250,000. That is a hell of an assistant. Yeah, you really want to keep her happy, just like Vince McMahon kept a secretary happy for over $200,000 a year at WWE. Oh, my God. We really got to do Vince McMahon. (laughs) So in the 2000s, LaPierre's assistant was also accused of diverting funds for personal expenses. There was an investigation. And the board, who were involved, got an external audit. Also Sean King. <laughs> and, Sean, and Sean King and his friends. They ended up taking her company card away, Justin. <laughs> but since she was a senior assistant, she had access to other 
NRA employee credit cards, including the CFOs. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over there? Can you imagine? It's like, oh, they took away my fucking card. Don't worry. Susie, give me your fucking card. Give me your card, Susie. <laughs> this is like Anna Delvey's dream. <laughs> she racked up $15,000 to $20,000 per month in business travel, sponsorships, and event attendance. And who was looking over her expenses? An inexperienced junior assistant within the treasurer's office. Fucking shut up, Susie. Approve it. A 12-year-old with braces in their mouth was put in charge of oversight at the NRA. Okay, I'll approve it. Can I go play Fortnite now? (laughs) The New York AG's office even believed that she used $18,000 of the NRA's money to pay for part of her son's wedding. Bang, bang, mazel. (laughs) Shrimp cocktail brought to you by the National Rifle Association. (laughs) In one day, she spent $1,100 on black cars for her husband's trips to and from airports. She spent $1,300 getting a black car for her son to go from New York to D.C. Now we know how much that costs. Just, it's also what kind of monster uh, decides to go from New York traffic into D.C. traffic. Take the Amtrak like a normal person. Can you imagine the driver guy's like, okay, buddy, where are you going today? We're going to D.C. Not, not LaGuardia? Uh, what, what gate? No, no, we're going to D.C. directly. <sighs> it's going to be hard getting a ride back to Brooklyn. <laughs> so similar to the security concerns that LaPierre had, there were other security concerns that apparently the NRA had, or at least LaPierre told the NRA that they would have. You see, if he didn't get reelected, He'd be out of a job. What if he were to share certain details about the inner workings of the NRA? Or maybe something not so malicious? What if the NRA wanted to continue to use his name and likeness in advertising? Well, maybe they wanted him to show up at an event here and there. Well, to account for all of LaPierre and his LaPierre-ness, he got a post-employment contract. So great. This is the definition of failing up. It's so awesome. It's beautiful. There, there were a couple updates here to his post-employment agreement, okay? And try to bear with me here because it gets a little crazy. In 2014, when they made this contract for the first time, which he said he didn't know about, by the way. He didn't know that they were doing this, but he signed it anyways. And they, they presented it to him. He's like, oh, my God. He's scratched his head. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. He also said, like, it did. he signed it and it didn't matter because he was still EVP because he got reelected. But here's in 2014... They gave him two years of pay at a higher rate than he was getting. So if he didn't get reelected, he was going to get more money not working. A 2015 deal extended the previous one with an annual salary, mind you again, not working, for 2019 of $1.15 million <laughs> and 2020 of $1.2 million. <laughs> the president of the NRA at the time and old Woody signed the deal. This is 2015. There's no evidence that the board at the NRA ever saw this. By 2018, they extended it again for seven years, giving him even more money. So for 2019 then, so if he didn't get reelected in 2018 for the 2019 year, in 2019, he would receive $1.3 million and then $1.5 million through 2025. Well, good. I'm glad they didn't do any more extensions. That's clearly the end of it. <laughs> you would think, you would think that that would be it. In the same memo, though, Justin, <laughs> they extended it through 2030. Jesus, we're not. This is they're the most long-term thinking people I've ever seen. To make sure that he did appearances here and there, of course, and they still wanted to use his name and likeness. So between 2026 and 2028. He would get $1.5 million and then another $1.3 million yearly through 2030. Again, no evidence that the board or the audit committee ever saw this. I'm not going to lie. Why does this man just stop working? It's, I mean, it's just, it's just so funny that, you know, you know, hypothetically, someone in the NRA is more mad at me than this guy who is just like robbing them blind. Just, yeah. 
just putting that donation money right in his pocket. It's incredible. And this is like, this whole episode is all winning Wayne. Winning. He just is getting money. He's getting power. He's got everything going for him. And the NRA is like, whatever, dude. We, we got this shit going on during these years. You know, we're now into the Trump years. Things are going well. School shootings are up. That's good for business. Good guys with guns are getting more guns. Bad guys with guns are getting even more guns. The terrorists, you know, ISIS and stuff, isn't even bothering bringing guns into the country. They're literally telling the people that are radicalized online for Islamic terrorism to buy the guns locally because it's easier. So things for the NRA are going well on every conceivable front. But, We're going to stop there for today because next week we're going to talk about how everything ended up going south when they really wanted to go north. I want to thank Ellie Mistal and his book, Allow Me to Retort, Kurt Anderson from Fantasyland, How America Went Haywire, and Frank Smith, NRA, and Unauthorized History. Fraudsters is a production of Zero Cool Media and The Last Podcast Network. Katrina Chen is our production coordinator. Ian Brannon is our editor. Our theme music is by Simon Tafik, and some music in this episode was composed by Chris Olson. We'll see you next week for our actual season finale. Shit. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 